Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia, and this is my mother, Ima. Hey, Ima, how's it going? Hi, sweetie. Love you. I love you, too. This is a Thanksgiving special. Um, <laughs> we're, we're right after finishing our meal. Uh, my mother is all the way in Florida, and I'm here up in Baltimore City. We had nice social distancing uh, meals. Um, hopefully, God willing, next year we're able to do it together. Um, our theme is... Yeah, that's right, Hashem. Mm -hmm. uh, our theme is going to be about dark humor. Um, now, I, me and my mother have very... Well, let's, let's, let's make it more like um, dark humor. People's going to think it's racial. So no, let's, Ima, it's let's not... Call, let's, okay. let's term okay. it as ghoulish humor. Ghoulish. No, Ima, it, that's ghoulish not... Ghoulish is the term. Okay. Ghoulish is the term. It's the English term. Ghoulish. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, sure. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever you this want. Is gonna, this, is, this has to be more informal. It's Jewish boy calls his mother, so it should be more informal and uh, English. You are so drunk right now, aren't you? How, how much, how far gone are you? How many? Oh, God. Alrighty. This is a great idea. This is fantastic. Keep it rolling. Remember, uh, ghoulish. 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 Fine. Ghoulish humor. Um, and I know from my experience growing up, I had a lot of good experiences with uh, my younger brother, Yosef, that we used to always joke around when, when, when the going went tough and we were really, you know, in, in rough spots it, it, where like there was nothing else for us to do. We would just start laughing because there was nothing else we could do. Um, uh, just something silly enough, not so ghoulish, but just something silly where we were, you know, working on trying to move this couch down this flight of stairs. And we just, I just got so angry, got so fed up. And I got to a point where I just started, you know, just, just cracking up and we both started laughing our asses off. Um, but well, a time that went really ghoulish was uh, my friend Ephraim. He got cancer. He got a tumor. And the rule was we had to joke around about it. We weren't allowed to get somber about it. Um, he dressed up for Purim, uh, which is Jewish Halloween, in case anyone was wondering, uh, as, a, as cancer boy. So dressed up almost like a, I think he dressed up almost like a Superman outfit. And he had the word cancer. And he was like, I'm cancer boy. Um, and then we would, we, would, we would sing a song to him because he, he had a tumor on his chest. We would sing, I'm a tumor, 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 I'm a tumor. And that, that I think, and, and a few other, we've had a few other stuff. We were just, you know, be like, one, one of my friends uh, had, had a soda can he, and he gave to him. And he said, would you like a can, sir? Would you like some cancer? <laughs> Funny. <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's what, what that humor did, I think, really, I think that helped a lot. I, I, would, I would say somewhere like a Patch Adams situation where laughter is the best medicine kind of thing. But, like, you got to laugh at the dark times. You got to laugh at, at it because if you, if you let that darkness take over you, if you let that negativity take over you, you're just going to be wallowing in your own filth, filled with depression and not being able mm. to move. You know, that's just, you got to laugh. You really got to laugh. And, and, and that's kind of how a lot of dark humor develops because someone goes through so many rough, rough times. I think also a lot of like, we used to joke around, like make a lot of Holocaust jokes too. Oh, I remember when you kids would fight over food at the table, I would say, Holocaust is over. You don't have to fight over food anymore. Oh, yeah. And you told us that joke about two kids in the bathtub were, uh, were ar arguing, and one took a bar of soap and threw it at the other kid, and they said, hey, don't get your pa our parents involved. 
You, okay. You told us this joke. I don't remember that one. Oh my God. You told it so many times. The joke is, is uh -huh. I'll explain the joke and then I'll, then I'll say it. But the joke is this, uh -huh. is that, that uh, there was uh, rumors that they used the fat off of these, off of Jews in the Holocaust. Oh, remember? now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you told me that, told us the joke of the two kids in the bathtub fighting. And then one kid takes a bar of soap and throws it at the other kid. And then the, so then the other kid responds saying, hey, don't get our parents involved. Uh, oh, gosh. I don't, I don't remember telling How that do you, stupid you, joke. You but I do, re, I do remember telling the joke. One joke I do remember telling was the, um, the guy, the, guy who, uh, the old man who survived the Holocaust and he wins the lotto. No, you didn't tell me that joke. Oh, that's an old one. Yeah, he wins the lotto. And so, of course, there are all the newspaper and radio, the media people aren't all interviewing him. And they said, do you want to say anything? He says, yes, I'd like to thank uh, the United States government that let me in here after the war and made me a citizen. And I, you know, succeeded. And he says, and I also want to thank the Nazis. And everybody, there's quiet in the room and people looking at each other and they go, you what? You want to thank the Nazis? He said, yes. He says, why? He said, I played the numbers on my arm. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. So, so you were also telling me about your experience when you were younger and the dark humor that developed in your family. And mm -hmm. how it, you were saying something along the lines of, uh, about your, your great-grandmother. My, gr my grandmother. What happened was, my, well, my mother and her mother-in-law, my paternal great-grandmother, not great, my paternal grandmother, never got along. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, my mother, one time, I heard my mother saying that with my grandmother wasn't there at the course, you know, my, grand, my mother was complaining about my grandmother and she, my, my father's mother, my grandmother, her mother-in-law saying that, you know, she says she's noticed that this woman loves going to funerals. It's like a social time with her. And she, and so I thought, you know, what, I'm going to try this out. So my grandmother had just come back from a funeral and she was stopping at our house for a minute and I see her walking up the path to her house and she's smiling. And I opened up the door and just for a joke, I said to her, hey, did you have a good time at the funeral? And would you believe she answered yes? Oh, that's awesome. That's <laughs> hilarious. I love it. Well, that's where I was going to say, um, segueing into that, I was talking about Zadie's funeral. Me and Yosef were just cracking up. We couldn't keep a straight face. Because the, the rabbi that was giving a sermon, he, he, he didn't have the voice for giving a sermon. He really didn't. He, he was talking about Zadie, like, and Edward Dickman was a very good guy. And it just was a great nesama. And he would just go on about all these stories that um, happened to, to Zadie. And he just, I just, I just, just the way his voice sounded. I was, me and me and us were cracking up, but we were stifling ourselves. We were, we were covering our mouths. And because we were covering our mouths, you know, um, my, my brother-in-law thought we were crying. And then the end, we're like, no, 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 we were just laughing. We were just- I thought, just, I thought you were crying too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I also like when it comes to death, I'm, I, don't, I don't respond normally. I don't cry when it comes to death. I really don't. What it is, there are some people so there were some people, I was talking to a rabbi who told me that he and his wife went to therapy because um, they 
whenever they would hear about tragedies or go to shiva houses or go to funerals, they would automatically start laughing for no reason. And they felt embarrassed. So this rabbi was telling me he and his wife went to therapy to find out, you know, to try to straighten this behavior out. And the therapist said, you know, there is a condition that people have where there's a certain, I guess, like miswiring in their brain that when they hear about tragedies or they're at a place where there's a funeral or shiva house, that for some reason their brain is miswired and they can't help it. They actually laugh. And this rabbi and his wife told me that he, they have to, when they go to funerals, they have to be very careful and they have to make a conscious effort or, or you know, just go and leave very quickly. But I want to tell you a funny story, though, that happened with um, my father's father. Okay. Um, that when he, what happened was we, we heard that he um, was taken to the emergency room and so, of course, we went over there as soon as possible. And um, by the time we got there, we saw my grandmother was sitting there and crying. And we came in and she says to my father, you know, you don't have a father. And she says to us, you girls don't have a grandfather. So we were standing out after everything calmed down. And my father went to get the car to pick her up, to take her to our house. He pulls up and we're waiting with her. Your older sister, my older sister and I are waiting with her in front of the emergency room and we're waiting for the car. And my grandmother says, my grandfather's name was Abe. And my grandmother said, oh, Abe forgot his medicine. (laughs) And she says, oh, that's right. Abe won't be needing his medicine anymore, will he? (laughs) Oh God, that's funny. (laughs) I actually had to turn my head and walk away because I was was about to crack up laughing when she said that. Oh my God. What was was there something that happened with you had like you had an aunt that never got married? Not an aunt. No, I no, I I, I did know all my all my aunts were married. It was a cousin oh. of mine that never you're not gonna not that one. That's a good <laughs> that, that, no. that story. That story. I mean uh, this is, talk about dark humor. Well, this is uh, this is but these this is Sadia, this is a mixed audience. I, so okay. I don't know if okay. I want to tell this one. This is right. this is not this is not for any young ears. If I'm anybody, sorry. well, it's, you know, it's this this we've officially made this more of like for for adults uh-huh. only. We it, it's no longer really for children. It is okay, fine. So you're sure that this is a totally adult audience? Uh, if if any children are are in the audience, please just be informed that this is more of adult themed, um, and a lot of these stories and conversations are more adult themed. Uh, so this is a warning right now that this story that's about to uh, be explained. Um, is adult themed, so either please turn it off for your children or go into another room. Okay, so what happened was this cousin of mine um, had never gotten married or had children, and um, a very horrible thing happened. Um, She had accidentally left the door unlocked and fallen asleep, and a man came in and and sexually assaulted her. her. So... um, uh, many, many months later, um, I didn't even think about it or something. I was, I, was, I was in my mid to late 20s, and I said to my father, you know, I'm, I really want to get married. I said, I, you know, I'm really, I'm really worried about, you know, being an old maid. I like to think I was pushing 26 or something like that, which isn't too old. But, you know, but to me, you know, I, I had so many friends that got married in their you know, early, mid-20s. And here, you know, mo- most of my friends were married, and I, haven't, I hadn't met anybody yet. And so my father 
said to me, well, look at your cousin. He said, he said, she, he said, she was a virgin until she got raped a few months ago. Wait, wasn't she like really old though? She was actually in her 50s. Yeah, so she, that, that, she, she was a virgin in her 50s, and then that was her first time or something like that. <laughs> Please, okay, we're not being graphic about it. Well, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, we're just trying to make a point about dark humor and, and how we respond to it. Like I said, it's, I, I do apologize. It's just that this is the theme, and we're just trying to keep the theme. That's all. Um, yeah. But, um, but, well, you, my sister, who's a psychologist, you know, always says that... Um, Humor is a way of dealing with, you know, something that's very difficult or, you know, like dealing, or dealing, with death, dealing with death. And if you notice, remember the old cartoons we all used to watch from the 1940s? Yes. And the 30s. I mean, life during the 30s and 40s was horrible. And, and these cartoons, you kids notice that these cartoons, a lot of them had that theme of joking around about humor. About death, yeah. Yeah, about, I'm joking about. I'm sorry, joking about, about death. Yeah, and that's sorry, what. That's a, it's a satanic agenda kicked in. Sorry, I kind of figured it's all right. Um, yeah, that's that's what's interesting. Also, is that like like when I watch the older cartoons from 1930s, 1940s, there's 1940s especially. Obviously, this shows a lot of military stuff, um, a lot of racial stuff too against Japanese and Germans, um, but also Italians. But it's 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 just. The idea of death, like I remember watching this one cartoon as a kid and it made me cry when I was younger because I just, I didn't get it. It just was so sad, but I watched it now and I get the humor of it all. But it's about this, this, this poor Joe Schmo dog who sees, who like tries to fall in love with all these, all these other girl dogs. These girl dogs reject him. And he goes ahead and sees this one statue of a dog and he falls in love with the dog, uh, the statue because he kisses it because it's like, I think it's certain kind of metal. It's iron, I think, or something like that. And the lightning strikes that like his, his heart like pumps like really, really fast. So he thinks like this is love. So he, he falls in love with this, with this, like, I think, I think the name was, he, he called it Elmira, this, um, this, this statue. And he starts like bringing it flowers and gets really happy about it. And then you see that these movers came and they had to, were moving the dog and they were basically uh, the, 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 the metal dog and they were turning the metal dog into scrap metal to be used for the war effort. And he starts, and the dog starts getting really depressed and sad and there's like sad music in the background and you hear the dog scream, Elmira, Elmira. And it's just so depressing. I'm like a three-year-old kid like eating my uh, cereal. Like it's just so depressing yeah. to watch. And then he finally sees like uh, uh it's it's a bullet that was uh, a bomb that was made for the for um the air force and he, it has the name almira on it so he says almira almira and then he he steals it and runs away and then finally he's left alone with 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 the with the bomb and he gives it a great big kiss and the, the a lightning strikes and the bomb explodes and this uh -huh. is supposed to be a cartoon for kids like ah, ha, 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 it's so funny and like as a kid i was like didn't his like girlfriend that he loved just just die like what, what's, what's going and like and and I'm realizing now yeah during uh -huh. World War II and during the during tragic times there is a level of like humor that you start making jokes about what what happened in order to really just be able to cope with the issues, um, you know and I think that's why it's like because if you see people that at least from my experience I've seen people that have been through tragedy and they joke around about it. 
or they uh, it, it gets to a point where they're able to cope with it. It's not a, I don't think it's unhealthy to joke around about your tragedies in, in your life. I saw something very interesting. Um, I was watching a performance on YouTube of um, uh, Yitzhak Perlman and he and Yoel Levy was conducting, I think it might've been the Atlantic, the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. And so what they did was um, when they began the concert, uh, Yitzhak Perlman, you know, had polio as a child. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's crippled. He's a, you know, and he's, um, he, he performs sitting down. He comes on, usually what happens, he comes on the stage with his crutches carrying the conductor's baton and then the conductor usually carries his violin. Then they hand, he hands Yitzhak Perlman the violin and Yitzhak Perlman hands the conductor the um, baton. So in this case, what happened was they had Yitzhak Perlman in a chair and they had him on one of these um, uh, things um, where it's underneath the stage and then it comes up. So they brought him up on this platform. He was like, he was like, he was un like, he wasn't seen. He was under the stage. And then this platform came up with him sitting in a chair holding, um, you know, his, uh, the conductor's baton. And he stands up he's, and he's, he's sitting, he says, obviously I'm not Yon Levy. Well, Yon Levy comes on stage holding Yitzhak Perlman's violin. And I've never seen um, Yon Levy, like how he really looks. I, I've listened to a lot of his recordings, but I've never seen him. He and Yitzhak Perlman, could pass for being twins. It was unbelievable. The two of them looked very, very similar. So when Yon Levy comes on the stage carrying Yitzhak Perlman's violin, Yitzhak Perlman jokingly says, well, the real Yitzhak Perlman, please sit down. That's cute. That's really, really cute. I was going to say they look both similar because they're both Jewish. No? <laughs> well, they look similar because they're both overweight. Overweight shoes. <laughs> they, they both they both have the same colored hair. Well, not now. Yitzhak Perlman. Yitzhak Perlman looks great now. Yitzhak Perlman in his six is in the sixties now. This recording, of course, was um, years ago when he was, I think, in his like early fifties, really? you know, something his, like that, or forties. And he's in his sixties now. Yeah. Um, and he's lost a lot of weight, and um, his hair is gray now. But he mm -hmm. looks very. He looks. He looks really nice. He's uh, He looks pretty good now for a guy oh, okay. in his sixties. But he, it was so funny how he and Yon Levy, like both, they were like the same stature. And even their facial features look very, very similar. And they both have curly brown hair. <laughs> it, was, uh, uh, it was very interesting. He, he, was, he was born August 31st, 1945. He's not in his 60s. Oh, no. Oh, well, that's strange. I thought he was. Mm -hmm. No, no. Oh, well. It's okay. <laughs> wow. Um, trying to think what else regards to dark humor can I, can I think of? Um, because we talked, we talked about also, what about Aunt Judy? Aunt Judy was talking, it was talking about giving, giving, uh, the Hespit at Zadie's funeral. And I remember yeah. that moment where yeah, at Zadie's or at my mother's, I think at Zadie's funeral, she was giving, she was giving a little bit of a Hespit and it was just, it was really funny. Everyone was cracking up. Well, I remember um, at the Shiva house, she told a story, the Shiva house, it was really hysterical. Um, that's another thing, like people, a lot of people go to Shiva houses and they, 
there's sometimes you go to a shiva house where people just remember the funny things yeah. that happen around that person. I've gone to shiva houses, I'm sure you have too, where the people are sitting around, they're just laughing and laughing because they're recalling all these hysterical things that have happened with this person. And, and um, your aunt told a story once that um, my father used to work at my uncle's restaurant. My uncle was Danny Dickman, who anybody in Baltimore who you know, it was like uh, in my age bracket, a little older, we'll remember Dandy's restaurant. It was like a signature five-star restaurant in uh, downtown Baltimore that was in all the in that number of magazines. My uh, uncle was on uh, television once with some of his, you know, signature recipes. So my father worked there. And, and when the restaurant closed, um, uh, my uncle Danny would, you know, let him take whatever food was left over, you know, because they can't reuse it. This is like a really high class. And so they, you know, he would let the help of my father and everybody, you know, take over whatever food they want. Well, Aunt Judy said that she was um, uh, sitting in the kitchen with, uh, she had had a date that night, it was Saturday night. And the date was not going well. She could tell that this was somebody that, that she was just, just was not suited for it. He wasn't suited for her at all. And she was, and she's trying to get this guy to take a hint and leave. And she's throwing a switch of hints at him. You know, it's late. I'm really tired. Yada, yada. And this guy is just not taking the hint. He's sitting there. So she says to him, look, she says, my father is coming home soon and you better get out. He says, why? He says, she says, because if you don't, my father has a rifle and he comes in with his rifle. And if there's any guy that's here this late, he will blow your head off. Wow. Talk about so, like. So here's, so here's what happened. So the guy, of course, starts laughing. Well, that night, one of the things that my father brought home from my uncle's restaurant was a long, thin Italian bread. Oh. And it was all wrapped up in, of course, a plain brown wrapper. And at that moment, my father comes into the house oh, and he sees the young man and he smiles at him and says, oh, hello, aren't you, aren't you going to introduce us? And the guy <laughs> jumps out of his seat. He says, sir, <laughs> I am out of here. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love it. Oh, God. That's a perfect story to end. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's it. I think we we're we're out of time. Um, but that was awesome, Mima. Thank you so much. Okay, you have a good job, as honey. You too. Okay, love you. Mm. Right, love you. Bye bye. Right, bye bye. Hi, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and share. I really appreciate it, and my mother does as well.